0: Welcome to the
1: latest United Stand podcast I'm Andy Mitten and just arrived in Seville It's hot and it's getting hotter This podcast is brought to you in association with Bet Fred Dawn opened his first shop in Salford in 1967 I'm just waiting to check into my hotel And a group of maybe 10, 12 Seville fans uh, Sat on the next table, they're really friendly They gave us stickers uh, You can hear them now singing and they, um, they call themselves uh, Nervion addicts and they go home and away with Sevilla. They were in Manchester last week and a group of young lads, really friendly and really nice. Um, I hope they won't be happy tomorrow after the game <laughs> this evening.
0: And I'm with one of them. What's your name? My name is Daniel. And where are you from, Daniel? I'm from here, from Sevilla. Did you go to Manchester last week? Yes, I was in Manchester last week. I really enjoyed it the the second goal of Sevilla was absolutely incredible and yeah I hope we win tonight I was very jealous when I looked at you when you scored
1: the, the second goal 1,000 of you going crazy yeah, yeah, with yeah. the flares with the smoke
0: what was it like being it in that away end incredible I think it's the best the best goal I've celebrated ever really yeah it was but you incredible didn't, you didn't even score it it was no, an own no. goal no it was going Two to the it was going, outside, it was going to the corner what did you think of Old Trafford, the stadium? Old Trafford was incredible too. I think it's the best stadium I've ever been in. I've been to Bernabeu, Anfield, Allianz Arena, and I think Old Trafford is, takes it as the best stadium. Why? Because just like the whole atmosphere and like the culture and everything was very, very nice. And Manchester United fans were very, very friendly with us, except quite a few, except a few. But yeah, yeah. they were very friendly. I think it will be the same here, yeah, like, yeah, like, most will be, but there will be some
1: like... Yeah. You like know. in every match.
0: Yeah, and um, what did you think of Manchester as, as, a, city. as a city? I think it's, the weather is very different. <laughs> I don't know how you guys can stand the weather, but as a city, is, it's okay. It's not better than Sevilla, but it's pretty nice. The nightlife night was pretty nice too. Yeah, where did yeah. you go? Um, Revolución de Cuba. Yeah. We went there like two, Wednesday night and Thursday night after the draw. Did you like the food? Did you speak to any girls from Manchester? <laughs> did you like the drinks? The drinks? Are a little bit expensive, because yeah. here is so cheap. Um, the girls? Eh. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I prefer sevillanas. And what was the other? The, the, the food. The food, yeah. I prefer sevilla food too. And how did you feel after the game? Was it a surprise for you? Because. You know, it was 2 0 with with 80 it was minutes to go. A big, big surprise because Sevilla right now are not in the best moment. They're 13th in league, and we needed the, the, that draw like to unite us again. That's why tonight is going to be incredible atmosphere. You want to see it. Where did you learn English? Because the Seville fan I spoke to before the English. game last week. He told
1: me he spoke English, but I think he'd had, like, seven pints of beer. So maybe... (laughs) Did you learn it at school? No,
0: my mum is American, so I'm I'm half American, half Spanish. Okay. That's why I have an accent. I don't have your accent. Okay, and you grew up in Seville? I grew up in Seville, yeah. And tell me about your group. You you travel to away games as well? We try to travel to, like, every away game. But in Spain, it's very difficult because the distances are so big. So, like, if we want to go to Barcelona, we have to be, like, 13 hours in a car. So we try in Andalucia. We try to go to every game. Madrid. We try to go to every game, like Madrid, Etafe, Leganés. Like the five or six teams in Madrid, and in Valencia we try to go as well. And in Europe, every time. How do you feel about this game against Manchester United? Are you confident? Nervous? I'm very nervous, but I'm confident because Sevilla is like the king of this competition. This is wonderful. It's only it's only 1 p.m. So (laughs) So, what are you going to be like at 8 8 p.m.? You're going to see you're going to see the team bus is going to go by here and you're going to get all the flares and yeah. So your group is a Nervian addicts. Where do you stand in the stadium? We like separate. Yeah, yeah, because this group was founded two years ago only. Okay. so we in the future, we will be together in the like the ultra section and
1: uh, your new manager, Mendilibar, I, I quite like him. I-, I spoke to him after the game last week. He-
0: I know he's not a fashionable name, but... You know Sean Dice? in yeah. the Premier, He's the same. He's the, he's he's the equivalent. He's the,
1: he's the, he's the, the Spanish Sean A-bar, Dice. He, he managed
0: Eibar, yeah. Alaves, like small teams. He said yesterday that oh, this is the biggest game in his, his career. Manchester
1: United beat Real Betis, um, who were a football yeah, team right? from uh, this yeah. city, in the
0: last round. What did you think of that? Were you happy when that happened? Yeah, I was happy. Everybody knew Manchester United could beat Real Betis. It's not going to be the same tonight. But Real Betis is like such a smaller team than but, Sevilla. But, but the average are, crowd is 51,000. Yeah, because the your, stadium is bigger. But the, yours, is, yours is thirty-six, and your stadium holds forty-four. So but why don't you their, sell all the their, tickets? Their prices are cheaper over there. Yeah. It's like more... I don't know. I really don't know. But here it's very expensive. It's like the, one of the most expensive season tickets in spain describe your rivalry with betis because it's one of the most intense it's, it's, the, most, rivalry. it's yeah. the most intense in seville in spain yeah uh yes yeah, since you're born you either choose betis or you choose sevilla so my dad is from sevilla my um granddad is from sevilla too so you have to choose when you're born do you respect
1: them for anything like no. <laughs> i no, mean like, like um Venga. Like um, I heard yesterday that Joaquim had retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would he be someone who is
0: respected in this city? I I don't think so because (laughs) Joaquim is always Joaquim, especially is always like laughing when Sevilla does bad and everything. Okay, okay. So here we don't respect. I I don't respect Joaquim.
1: when I came here to Betis, I was writing about Betis, and I, I learned learned their song. You know the oh 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 Betis, but the, the guy the anthem. guy who wrote it
0: yeah, was, Sevilla. Is a Sevilla yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: This song would not go out of my brain for about three days after leaving here last time. Did you like the the atmosphere?
0: Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, I, I, I love football in this city. I've been to a derby game here. I thought it was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, to, I'll yeah. be honest, I, I respect both clubs. It's like the best derby in yeah. Spain. And I like their stadium and I like your stadium. And I thought the, the atmosphere was better here in
0: 2018 yeah. than it was there this year. No, but they have a good atmosphere that yeah. and uh, It's like, it's like it's, it's the same as in Manchester. It's like, I have cousins who support Betis. So always the, at the end of the day, it's like the same people like, yeah. who support both teams. It's, I think, from the region. Like we are, like so. You're from the city. They're from the region. No, no. Like um, civilians yeah. are like very passionate yeah, about yeah. everything. Yeah, So that that is in football too. Tell me finally about about your city. City. How would you describe Sevilla to somebody? Listening to this anywhere around the world, okay. who, who's never been here, I think Sevilla is like is very beautiful if you come here, but you have to come here between now this season. If you yeah. come here between June and October, yeah. you can't go out in the street because it's so hot. Yeah, and it, I think it's the best city in Spain, but a lot of people think. But yeah, it's very beautiful, especially in the center. I don't know if you've been here. Yeah, there. we've been. there. It's like very sightseeing. Can I finally have a prediction for the game tonight? 2 1, 2 1 Sevilla.
1: 2 1 Manchester United. <laughs> I hope with not. with, I hope with not. the winning goal from Anthony Martial. Anthony Martial.
0: He was a disaster here, no? Yeah, yeah. A yeah. very big disaster. And he he's cost us a lot of money too. Yeah. Like 7 million for three months. It's cost us a lot of money as well, yeah. like
1: like seven million for three I like as I well. like
0: Marcus Rashford. Yeah, he's like the best in your team, no? Yeah, and Bruno Fernandez in the first leg, he was brilliant too. Which other players do you know of Manchester? Every I know the whole team. Really Gea, I know the whole team. Yeah, I I I support. No, I don't support, but I like English football. All time. From Sevilla, I really respected uh, Daniel Alves when he Daniel was Alves. here.
1: Yes. And uh, obviously, even Rakitic, I thought Canuti was fantastic. We've here. never had like
0: such big players, but yeah. like the whole team as a yeah. as a team always has been up there. Yeah. So and we never had like names, like individual names. Yeah.
1: Either. Well, you had Maradona. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's the, the biggest, the biggest name. one
0: ever. But he's he was like the last year of his yeah. football career. Who's your favourite player in Seville's history? Like who so, the Luis Fabiano Luis Fabiano, okay, striker Yeah, yeah, he was, like, he was like my idol Fabiano story. Ancanute Fabiano Ancanute. I like more Luis Fabiano because, I don't know, he was my idol And now, which of the players, or last season? Now, now the season has been so bad Yeah um, Now, uh, Evermanega, you know? Yeah, ba- yeah He's like three, four years, he left yeah. three or four years ago Yeah, good player, a bit crazy, but good player Yeah, yeah In Sevilla, he, he, he was like the peak of his career Thank you for your time, Daniel. So,
1: I'm outside Seville Stadium. There's 90 minutes to kick off and the people around me are singing uh, Puta Manchester, which is basically um, prost- prostitutes Manchester, bitches Manchester. And I'm waiting here because uh, police have closed the entrance towards the main stand while the t- team coaches come in so the Seville team got greeted with lots of songs and flares and the air smells of sulfur it's a beautiful warm evening it got to about 32 degrees in the middle of the day and everyone's wearing t-shirts most of them are wearing white t-shirts severe shirts there's a real sense of anticipation around this game and the united bus when it arrived was booed and saw a couple of people throw things at it and now they're singing again for to manchester I find it quite funny how United are just known as um, Manchester. So the police on horseback escorted all the coaches through. And none of this would have happened if Seville hadn't scored those two late goals at Old Trafford. They've given the team a massive lift. They went to Valencia and won at the weekend completely eased any uh, fears of, of a relegation and now they know that this is not a top severe to side but they also know that they've dominated this competition and I think it's fair to say that, they've won it six times four times in the last nine years six times since 2006 it's a quite spectacular record and they've beaten Liverpool in the final, they've beaten Middlesbrough in the final, they've knocked out Manchester United in the, in the semi-final and when you speak to the fans, as we did do before, there's optimism. So, the stadium here is one of the most atmospheric in, in Spain. It seats 44,000. It staged the 1986 European Cup final between Barcelona and Stau Bucharest. Our goalkeeper, Dukadam, saved four penalties. What a story, what a man. I was fortunate enough to go and see him in, in Bucharest the week before lockdown. And he uh, started getting me on the spirits at 10 o'clock in the morning as he showed me through his goalkeeping glove collection. For a long time, Seville won absolutely nothing. And they lost the best players, always to Madrid. You know, Sergio Ramos, went to Madrid. And then in the 90s and 90s, that changed towards losing top players and coaches towards the Premier League where, where there's more money. But all along, thanks to a superb sports director in Monchi, who's still in charge, Sevilla, recruited well, bringing players through, like, Dani Alves and Ivan Rakitic, who I mentioned before, and and spotting them when other clubs weren't, really. So they finished fourth three seasons in succession before this season. They're not going to finish fourth this year. They're not going to be in the Champions League next season. It's probably not a bad thing... their, their team because they're not good enough although they'd appreciate the money but they got hammered this season they conceded four at home to Dortmund and a team called Manchester City and then they fell back into the Europa League unless they're in the Europa League they're not going to be in Europe next season so this is a massive massive uh, game for both clubs as well I've just done a, an interview for Sky Sports News and they said to me will Eric Tenard be going easy with Sunday in mind against Brighton and I said absolutely not he tries to win every single game. He goes strong in every single game and goes strong as he can tonight, despite missing key key players here. United fans have been around town, been enjoying it.
2: It's really in
1: the last month since we came here, it's warmed up so much. And seen fans talking about swimming in their hotels. Everyone's wearing shorts. It's not an expensive city. It really is a brilliant place to come play. For anyone and obviously if you're watching football and you like football it, it's even even better i'm being slightly quiet here because i'm uh, speaking in the language i'm speaking in and the atmosphere is a little bit heated i won't say it's threatening but only takes one idiot doesn't it so i'm going to try and get into the stadium and i'm hopefully going to see manchester united do far better than when the team last played here um, manage one shot on target in 90 minutes come on this is manchester united that 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 tie against seville was the beginning of the end for jose mourinho so i hope this is not the same for Aaron Central. i don't think it will be so my prediction is mm, manchester united are to, to go through. there's now an hour to kick off and i've bumped into matt and matt writes for you know, we're standing us to a lot of Manchester United European away games. He's, back, he's been writing quite a lot about the takeover at Old Trafford or possible takeover, possible sale. How are you feeling it at the
2: moment, Matt? Um, there's a few thoughts going through my mind, and um, I think particularly regarding regarding the takeover. I think there's obviously a lot of opinions doing the rounds. I think that's that's fine. That's normal. Everyone's entitled the to them. I just get the impression, and from my point of view, and also from a lot of people in sort of my, in my sort of circles that there's one opinion which is not really getting the airtime that we think it maybe deserves, and that is that yeah the idea of a Qatari takeover is explicitly a bad thing and something that should be should be fought against uh, the problems with that eventuality should be talked about um, I think the idea of glazes out I mean, no one needs to no one needs to tell me, <laughs> no one needs to tell you, no one needs to tell any of us uh, about the problem with the Glazers. Um, we all have track records to prove what we think of the Glazers, so that's, that's not really up for debate. But that doesn't mean that what is on the other side is going to be an improvement. And to be perfectly <laughs> honest, I can't believe I'm saying it myself. Uh, having spent the best part of 11, 12 years in various forms campaigning and fighting against the Glazers, to now be in a point where, if I'm being perfectly honest... If, if the alternative is Qatar, I'd prefer the of stay. Why? The simple answer is it's better the devil you know. The more complicated answer, and the more fundamental answer, is that a Qatari ownership would represent a fundamental change in the purpose of Manchester United's existence. Ever since the 19th century, New Eve, Manchester United existed in various forms and the various ownerships they have always been private ownerships, that's normal, it's normal in Manchester, it's normal in English football, English football clubs have always been owned by private enterprises and private business interests. Do I like that? No. (laughs) Uh, In a utopia, I would rather have a model similar to Germany or Sweden and fan ownership. However, we're not in a utopia. I recognise it. we can't turn the clock back. You're not going to convince all the private football club owners to give up their equity and hand it back to the fans following severally. Um, so United are always going to be in private ownership. Qatavi ownership, however, would represent a fundamental change in that. That fundamentally changes. No longer would the purpose of Manchester United be to make money in order to play football, which has always been the purpose of Manchester United, if we're being honest. The purpose of Manchester United under the Qatari ownership would be number one PR for the state of Qatar. For a nation state, any nation state would be bad. It doesn't matter where they're from. We could be owned by we could be owned by Spain, we could be owned by France, we could be owned by the UK. Any nation state will be a problem. It's even worse, however, when that state happens to be an autocratic monarchy, who is quite obviously using their engagements in football to further a geopolitical agenda. Sports washing. Effectively, yeah. And that's not up for debate. That, that, that's, not, that's not something that you can have an opinion on. That's a fact. That's, uh, that's, what, that's why Qatar have been involved with PSG since 2011. It's why they hosted the World Cup. Manchester United would trump both of those. Would trump even hosting the World Cup. It would mean that the fundamental raison d'etre of Man United would be, everything we do, everything we all stand for, that includes me, that includes you, that includes the players, that includes Tanage, whoever you want, anything we might win or not win, anything that might happen, would be done in the service of a a foreign nation state and a state at that, which is like I said, an autocratic monarchy, which has zero respect for democracy, for human rights, for women's rights, for LGBT rights, and quite actively, and again this is is not a claim, (laughs) has literally just built a World Cup on the back of slavery. It's not It's absolutely not acceptable in, in, in any way, shape or form. It's in no way compatible with any of the values that we stand for in Manchester, or at least we claim to. Are
1: you surprised at how many Manchester United fans don't appear bothered about that? Yes and no. Um, you think that's because they've been that
2: brow beaten by the Glazers... They think that the grass is greener, regardless. I get that argument. I totally get it. Like I said, um, I was among those taking glazers to Kazakhstan. I don't need be, I don't need to be told what the problems are with the glazers. Um, read any edition of United we stand. It's not just me. We've, we've all been right now at the glazers for 15 years. Ask anyone at FC United. We all know what the problem is. There. Nineteen years. Nineteen years. <laughs> um, okay, geopolitics. Yeah, maths maybe not. <laughs> um, I'm a surprised People are jumping above it. To an extent, I am because we've spent the past, well, since 2008 and City's takeover, we've spent the past, however many years that is, slagging off the blues for the way they've all bent over without any any hint of a criticism, any hint of questioning where that money might come from, what it stands for.
1: To be fair, people like David Carn, who are City fans and Jack Pitt have questioned it, have walked away mm-hmm. from Manchester City, but. If
2: we're talking about the ninety-nine percent, you're there's right. A, a tiny um, I've, I've, I've heard a colleague of ours, David Mooney. I've heard him talking about it on, on, on various media platforms and how, yeah, how there might be concerns there. Yeah, but for the vast majority, there's been no word of uh, there's been no word of criticism. There's literally they've literally got a banner hung up in a in a football stadium saying Manchester, thank you, Sheikh Mansour. I'm sorry, that's that's absolutely shameful. We pride ourselves of being from the city of Manchester, city of the suffragette movement, the city of Peterloo the city where for what if for what it's worth or not tony wilson talked about being manchester and we do things differently here i'm sorry the way it's going absolute bollocks absolute bollocks so to be perfectly honest maybe maybe given that given how much bollocks that is maybe it's not a surprise that so many people maybe they're not jumping on the Qatar bandwagon and waving flag but they're at least not bothered maybe that's not a surprise there's just research come out recently in The Guardian about, you know, exposing Manchester's links to slavery. We all talk about the Industrial Revolution and how Manchester was the centre of it all, the centre of the world, Cottonopolis. Yeah, where'd that cotton come from? There's literally a, you know, there's a ship on Man United's badge. Where'd that come from? We all, that came from slave, from slavery plantations. And now we're going to wave a flag for a Qatari state which had, just built, which had just built a World Cup on precisely that business model. It's at, it, it, it stands contrary to every single... To every single value we, su- we supposedly stand for well, including the club themselves the club's own motto is what is it We're all dead, all equal not in Qatar what would you do if the Qatari takeover went through would you continue su- to support United would you go to games personally I'd have some serious serious questions to answer and um, I know that at least in my group of mates and various people connected directly or indirectly to, to United we stand and other, and, and other organisations yeah there's some serious questions being asked um, I think we're perhaps somewhat fortunate in Manchester that um, there's potentially a, a cheating way out, isn't there? In the FC United has existed since 2005. Personally, I've been a member for over 10 years. Um, yeah, a form of red and white and black football in Manchester, which stands opposed to those values. Yeah, the proof is there that we've we've not always just bent over. Um, but it'd be a, yeah, it'd be a serious break. How are you feeling about the game tonight? have you been feeling about this season? Um, on a superficial level, incremental progress under the player knows what he's doing, that's fine. S- incremental changes in the hierarchy, in the scouting system, transfer policy. Um, incremental progress, that's all fine. Couldn't really get any worse. Um, however, does it... You know, are, are we are we in a position yet where we can even dream of uh, of being back at the top of uh, of European football? No, absolutely nowhere near. Tonight's to perfect example. Um, we've just walked down the main road here towards the ground. These Sevilla seem absolutely well up for it. They are. and uh, and why not? I believe can you blame they, them. You no, know, I believe they were up the weekend as well. Did they beat yeah. Valencia or someone? Better so yeah, and or... after, after that was those Old Trafford. Why not? Um, yeah, so, yeah, no, no, not, not particularly confident there. And that, that's, no. th- that's another argument, though. The idea, that, the idea that some Qatari ownership would change all that and be a silver bullet to all our, our ills, absolutely not. The, the example has literally been there for the past 10 years in Paris. You think that's a good ownership model? Absolutely no chance. I think we, we had a cover on United We Stand, didn't we? Was it four years ago? three years ago when there were rumours about the Saudi takeover before the Saudis bought Newcastle now by all accounts they were actually interested in Man United at the time they only went for Newcastle because the Glazers at the time told them that, that United's a no-go and what, what was our club? be careful what you wish for and like I said what, what we would get would be a fundamental change in what Man United means and that's not on.
1: half-time here and it's a severe one, Manchester United nil, I thought it was 2-0 but the second goal was ruled offside, Uh, United haven't really started playing at all yet, this place is bouncing, thankfully they've all just quieted down a little bit so that I could do this bit on the podcast but the first goal was a, a very poor ball from Harry Maguire he had three severe players around him. He looked to try and pass the ball towards Aaron wan I've not seen a replay here, so I might be wrong. But well, that's how it seemed to me. Um, it was intercepted and the just put the ball in. Uh, that gave the lift. Not that the crowd needed a lift. Uh, United, what, any bright points from the first half? Jaden Sancho on the left-hand side. Lively, a couple of openings. A weak shot from Aaron wan Um... Uh, Maguire headed over, Casemiro headed over but not much more than that I'm afraid I'll be gutted if we go out here I really will but I still think United are going through I'm sorry, you'll be listening to this might be thinking you're absolute idiot and I realise Manchester United have never won a game against Sevilla <sighs> Come on So it's the day after the game and I'm still in Seville I'm absolutely gutted to be honest I can't believe that Manchester United have conceded five goals to a very average civil team, one who've been fighting relegation all season. Not that they looked average when they played against United last night, but it's so disappointing. That tie should have been well and truly put away in the first half at Old Trafford. So United are out of Europe and it hurts. It hurts because I thought the Europa League was well worth winning. It hurts because in the back of my mind I was thinking, got a semi final to Turin or to Lisbon, a final in, in Budapest, a, a great city. And it hurts because I think this is a tournament that was absolutely winnable from Manchester United's perspective, especially when Arsenal went out. And it also hurts because United overcame far better sides than Sevilla, not Barcelona out, played fantastically well cam now now of course doing that with a much fuller team than the one played in Seville was a reason why and United were clearly missing key players but that team who started should not have been uh, outclassed as they were and right from the start you know it with United you know when the team starts badly you just think it's gonna be another one of them just not turning up today and that's really really worrying that you've got top players some of the move cost huge amounts of money, just not able to perform against a side working on an, an absolute fraction of the wage bill that Manchester United are. To outline that, when Anthony Martial went to Seville last year on loan, he was seen as a massive extravagance for Seville. They were second in the league, they wanted to push towards Le- winning La Liga, and Martial failed there. And Sevilla faded and continued to fade this season. But still good enough to put Manchester United out for the third time in six years. I mean, the record against Sevilla is atrocious. Not not one, one game in five. The record against Spanish teams has improved. But the fact is, United have been knocked out of Europe by a Spanish side in each of the last nine European campaigns. So you can laugh and mock at La Liga all you like and say it's a fading force. Because compared to the power, or at least the financial power, of the Premier League, it is. But United keep getting knocked out by by Spanish teams. So it's not going to be a European trophy this year. It just shows, doesn't it, how hard it is to actually reach a final, even a Europa League final. So that game that that win in 2017 you know united had to go to celta vigo and, and win have good Celta of team and overcome uh, decent sides even more so in 2021 united had to knock out the likes of, of real sociedad ac milan you know winning away in milan don't underrate that result uh, roma absolutely hammering roma at old trafford before failing Inga Dansk on, on penalties against a very, very good Unai Emery, who was managing Villarreal at the time. So United fans have had a great time in, in this city. It's, it's a wonderful city, really right time to go, just before the massive parties of the weekend for the Ferrier of Seville, and just before the real um, heat of the summer, which makes it pretty unpleasant if you come in July and August to Seville. We now got a look towards the semi-final trip to Wembley against the Brighton side. are actually favourites on Sunday, and Brighton have beaten United. You know, some of United's worst performances have come against Brighton in recent years. The, there's been hammerings, but there's been—I think it was a draw at the end towards the end of Jose Mourinho's time. My God, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Them games in. May 2018 was an away match at West Ham as well. And United have got a tough game, and then a the prospect of a final against Manchester City or, or Sheffield United. So, what will happen now is there'll be talk about um, clear outs in the summer, and players will be moved on. Absolutely. That was always a plan eric ten not even been in this job well he's been in it one year today actually and he needs time he deserves time i think he's done well even though i'm feeling pretty annoyed with him this morning i think he's done a good job and united need to make sure it's a top four finish not that this side can come close to winning the champions league next season not not without a forward this team does not score anything like enough goals and it's conceding so many goals at the moment as well. So you'd expect two or three new players to, to come in over the summer. Two or three or four to leave Manchester United. But even then, we don't know for sure because we don't know who's going to own the club. We don't know whether the club's going to be sold, whether the Glazers are going to be in charge, whether they're going to bring on more debt, more, more private equity. We, we just don't know. And all that adds to the instability around manchester united although from from a playing perspective things are are quite stable and you can look at almost every football club and say they've got problems in one shape or form so i'm going to go to the uh, the airport now Uh, a few ungover reds about and then uh, make my way to to london united have got a press conference at the team hotel in london later on today i'm not going to make that But I will be at Wembley and we'll do another United We Stand uh, podcast from there. Cheers to everyone who's bought the latest mag. The mag's going well. I'm pleased to say in print, in digital, people supporting it, not just thinking that they can consume what we do for free because we can't produce it all for free. And we've done a new United We Stand t-shirt, a black one. The white one did really well last year in collaboration with Private White. And we've done a black one now, which we're going to start sending out this week we have had a load of orders in for that. And if you know, then you can get a code to get it for half price out of United We Stand. And they come absolutely beautifully packaged. And the people who bought them from last year, well, I hear what they say about them. And they're very, very happy because it's uh, all made in Manchester. OK, um, until the next podcast, if I sound despondent, it's because I am. I'm just really disappointed that... This run to Budapest, which I had in my mind, them trips to to Cyprus, to Moldova, to the Basque Country, to Spain, 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 and Spain, and for it to end like this, battered. United didn't even look like scoring. Aaron wan came in on goal after 22, 23 minutes and just trundled it towards the goalkeeper. It was pathetic, pathetic performance and a bad defeat for Manchester United is hope that the team bounce back, as has happened before.